This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Interviews. Welcome to News Laundry Interviews. We are here today with Shiv Arur. For those of you who follow the news, obviously would know who he is. Hi Shiv, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, why we are here with Shiv is because he has just released, I was about to say just written, but he obviously wrote it a while ago, uh, Operation Jinnah, if you just plug your book first. It is a thriller, military thriller, uh, set in Kashmir and India and New York and all sorts of places. I've read the full book, <laughs> in case you think I'm one of those who does interviews without reading the book. Uh, and we're going to talk about this book of his. So, the blurb says a girl is kidnapped in Kashmir, but this is an ordinary girl, Operation Jinnah. And I'll tell you a bit about Shiv, I'll read off what it says here. Shiva Roor is an editor and anchor at India Today TV and runs a popular defense news site, Live Fist. Life Fist? Life Fist. A journalist for 15 years, he has covered conflict in Kashmir, Sri Lanka and Libya, winning two war reporting awards. This is his first novel. Follow him on Twitter. So Shiv, first of all, uh, before I get into the questions, I'll just, for those of you who haven't read the book, without giving away any spoilers, it's a book a set in India, Kashmir, North Block, South Block. And it, uh, it talks about the Kashmir conflict. And uh, it has things like the parliament attack thrown in and the, the, the fictionalized account of how Shiv's prime minister, chief of naval staff and all deal with it. And uh, it, is, it, it, it reads a bit like a James Bond film. I'll be honest with you, it has that, it has that thriller quality. Uh, it has all those dramatic moments and the setup opening. So that's what it's about. So now you know, right? So I won't ask you what it's about. But what I'll ask you is, is this genre, does it exist or is this the first book? Because I haven't read a book that is, you know, uh, on real events, a fictionalized account of military of a battle. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Good question. I think I think there are some books. Uh, I, I haven't read uh, any books in India so far yeah, about the this kind of thing. Yeah. There, there are. I, I don't. I'm, I'm not aware. I mean, they they may exist, but I haven't read any. Because even I have Set in a realistic setting for right. the fictional plot. I I haven't read any so far. Yeah. Because the only you know military literature, so yeah. to speak, that I don't even know if they're published anymore. But when I was young, hmm. there were used to be commando comics that were real accounts Which are of fantastic. Abdul Hamid yeah. and all those. I read yeah. those as commandos. That's right. Uh, so are they published anymore? Uh, I don't know if they're published anymore, but uh, collector items. I do know still that they're collector items yeah. available. Yeah. I have some myself. So yeah, absolutely. So, but after that, I haven't seen any military. Yeah. Books That's slash right. comics. Yeah, there there are a bunch of uh, comics which have just come out. Uh, I'm not sure who the publisher is uh, of uh, modern day warriors and Cargill uh, heroes and stuff. There okay. are some comic books that have, have been uh, okay. brought out. There is a there is a series of um, graphic novels which I know are in the works right now hmm. of some military heroes. But uh, like like you said, you know, realistic setting, fictional accounts, novels. I I, I personally haven't read any. Okay, so now. Um, you obviously have an obsession with with military I do. forces, <laughs> yeah. combat, and he obviously knows his weapons and his fighter aircrafts and all that really well. I, I come from a Fauji family. <laughs> I don't have a clue about, you know, the detailing of how many millimeters each gun is and all that. So why? Why are you so obsessed with, with the forces and, and the military and combat? Uh, well, uh, it actually it actually really started out as um, an obsession with fighter aircraft, and uh, my getting I mean a lot of people ask me this how did I get into 
defense journalism. People usually assume that I'm a forgy kid. Mm. I'm not. I'm, I come from a family that is so far away from the forge, it's not funny. We have nobody. We've sent nobody to the forge. Mm. And um, uh, I had a chance to be a political reporter in 2004. And I wanted to cover politics. And at the time, the Indian Express uh, didn't have a defense reporter. So they said, could you try this out for a few weeks? And you know, then we'll maybe make you a political reporter. And once I started covering defense, I, I knew there was absolutely no looking back. I completely fell in love with the subject. Mm -hmm. uh, loved the defense forces. Um, loved the technical aspects of defense, the use of equipment. Uh, the, the people involved in the forces, the, the impulses that drive them. I've had a chance, lucky enough to have a chance to spend time with soldiers in the front line, okay. in our forward areas. Over mm. the years, I've been doing it for 13 years now. And uh, it's, it's, it's really an amazing, perplexing, bewildering subject. So I find nothing more interesting than it. Okay, so um, have you, uh, since there is a lot of action in this, there's firing and each time there's a setup of, a, of an incident, each weapon is described in detail, and in fact, it's even drawn out in many cases. Uh, you know, the fighter aircrafts are drawn out. This is what it looks like, so you can you know visualize what he's talking about. Even the guns, some of the guns are are are, yeah. are basically sketched out. So going by how obsessed you are with weaponry, uh, do you own a weapon? I don't. I don't. Would you like to own one? Uh, Would you? Let me put it this way. Would you have liked the Indian gun laws to be like the U.S. gun laws? Definitely not. Definitely not. I, 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 I don't glorify weapons. I mean, a lot of people think I do, mm. especially on social media. They think I'm a warmonger and I, mm. and I love weapons. You've said that about me in the past as well. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I don't glorify weapons. I, I have a, a, a kind of technical, technical uh, interest in equipment, aircraft, and weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly don't think uh, they should be glorified in terms of mm. the things that they do. Uh, and uh, it's not like I sit in an armchair and uh, talk about it. I have reported from conflict mm. and war. I've seen these weapons and what they can do. So it's not really that. It's sometimes difficult to explain. So sure. it's a bit of a tricky situation for yeah. me. But the thing is, um, it's it's re it's really just a technical interest in in weaponry, which a lot of people really have. I I'm, I don't glorify war and the things that these weapons can do. Certainly not. Okay. No, because you know we we shot this series called Jai Hind, hmm. Rocky and Mew, friends of mine, and. So each place we went to, we fired those guns and yeah. so on. Those are big ass guns, which are. So I've seen certain people really get into it. that feeling yeah. of that power that yeah. it gives you. Yeah. So I've done that. I mean, I, I've done that in many, many places in Kashmir. Hmm. Uh, uh, I did it in Libya, where that was the biggest gun I fired. We fired these uh, anti-aircraft guns, which hmm. these old guns, which they strap onto the back of a uh, Toyota pickup truck, which okay. they use against uh, Gaddafi's hmm. fighters. Things were so completely wild that they were allowing journalists yeah, to take shoot, a shot yeah. with those weapons. And mm. I, I think I, I I went deaf for like two days because they don't use ear protection and things mm. like that. So uh, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I think in the moment when you're given a chance to fire a weapon and stuff, you just go for it. Mm. But I think it's more complicated than, you know, just okay. being in love with weapons. It, I don't think it's quite that. Now, coming to specifics of the book, um, you have named you know, their names to the Prime Minister of Pakistan, mm. the National Security Advisor. But there's no name in this case. The, yeah. the Pakistani Prime Minister's name is Nawaz Malik. And uh, the NSA is um, something Sartaj. So, but you have not named the Indian Prime Minister. Yeah. You haven't, or the US President. Yes. Any particular reason why they have not been named? Uh, you know, as I was writing the, two, two answers. Uh, one, uh, as I was writing the book, there was, um, 
a sense that uh, there were way too many characters uh, that I needed to flesh out completely mm. in the book. Uh, in this particular case, it was a little tricky because I had a realistic setting, which was 2611, uh, right? Uh, which, uh, and the facts around 2611 can't be changed. Uh, and now, the thing ab about a novel which has at least one big real, real world event is that the timelines come into play. Mm. And we do know that we had a different prime minister then, mm. and we have a different prime minister now. However, the that for your plot, it required plot, the same it required, prime minister. It required a, because like, the history between Rana and that's the right. Prime minister. So I, I needed to have a the same prime minister continue at that point. So mm. I decided to uh, to keep him nameless. And the, the U.S. president at that time, again, it was it was it was largely tactical. I, I was writing this novel at a time when the elections were on. Right. Uh, uh, didn't know who the next president was going to be. But even if you knew who the next president was, it's going to be kind of hard putting Trump in. That kind of serious Very, setting. very. I, 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 amazing. I, I, I was thinking, I, I was actually talking about this with a friend who's read the book as well, and they were saying that uh, for the sequel, maybe you could think of a setting which involves someone like a, a Trump character. So, right. who knows, maybe. Then it would have to go a, little, a bit of comedy. Definitely. Yeah. There would be okay. farcical, satirical nature, yes. Right. Now, um, permission to speak freely. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't usually read books that are, you know, action books. Hmm. I... Um, in fact, one hardly gets to read ever since the tablet came about because yeah. then you just read articles right. and your book reading habit goes. And even when I used to read a lot more, you know, it would it becomes restricted to nonfiction. So I like paced through this, you know, in the weekend I just sat and because it's a page mm -hmm. turn, there's no doubt about it. But uh, I'd like to know from your point of view, you haven't really tried to make it realistic in the sense of other than the military operations, yeah. which are fairly realistic, the politics behind it is James Bond-esque, right? Mm, it, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the thing is, uh, that's deliberate. It wasn't. It wasn't a mistake. Even even some of the military stuff, uh, sure. even though it's technically uh, uh, sound, know, uh, but sound, uh, there are parts of it which people would say, Fair "Oh enough. man, that's but that, that's, that's the genre." Yeah, but, right. but 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 that's the genre. The, the thing about it is, I mean, there's always going to be a leap in mm. terms of uh, fantasy, in terms of uh, probability of what's possible, what's not possible. I think the core uh, action in this book is something. Uh, without revealing what it is or how they do it, uh, is something that is talked about so much, hmm. even in the political space right now. You know, we can hit Pakistan, or we can go and bomb them, or we can do this, we yeah, can hit sure. Dawood, we can do this. Hmm. It's talked about so much, but you know, I've tried to provide it with a, with a realistic setting. Uh, much of what, uh, I, uh, the, the thing is, I, I sent this book through some friends in the Special Forces, and I said, uh, you know, hit me with, with your criticism. And, Many of them said, yes, absolutely, there's a leap here because there are many things that can be done, there are many things that can't be done. There are certain things that can be done, but they would be with a huge risk. Mm. Uh, you know, so I factored all of those things in uh, when I wrote about it. And, and so definitely. You're, you're aware of the leaps oh, yeah, that absolutely. have been taken? Absolutely. Those were, those were deliberate. Okay, just out of curiosity without giving a spoiler, that, that one uh, instance of the X2 um, and midway between being nabbed to being. Uh, you know, becoming part of the mission, yeah. would would that be possible in the real world? You know, it. Uh, the thing is, uh, actually, that could be possible. That actually could be possible because uh, the thing is, uh, the 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 pretext here is a secret aircraft that nobody knows about. Hmm. So there's already a sense of shadow around it, uh, and with shadow come certain privileges. Uh, so, so you I, think I, you the, he could convince a dude mid air to who's, kind of. 
you know, see, the thing is, obviously, that's a leap. Sure, of course, sure. that's no, a leap. Of course, I'm but, not talking about probability. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about possibility. I, I think it's possible. I think I think it would be possible uh, in 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 circumstances where everything is fluid, where the the, the politics are fluid. Mm. You're talking about the Navy chief, mm. right? The, right? There's a there's a command and sure. control uh, um, structure, you know, structure there sure. as well. Uh, and um, yeah, I think it's possible. Okay. Now, a um, couple of things that are very progressive about this. Uh, one is, I think the there are no women in combat roles yet, right? Not yet. Just so not that yet. I'm clear, yeah, that not they yet. are pilots. Not they in are the women. Army. Yeah. Air Force. I've, I mean, I've shot at Hyderabad. Yes. That, so they have yeah. women there. They will be in July. They'll be commissioned. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you have shown them as para commandos, which is yeah. very. We are yeah. very far from that. Right. How far do you think we are from that? Oh, very far. I, uh, the thing is... Um, decades? Uh, well, a decade at least, uh, if not more. The do thing you think is, there should be women in combat roles? You know, the, through the writing of this book, um, one of the interesting things, and I actually wrote about it uh, a few days ago in a piece that's online right now about uh, women in, in the special forces. Uh, many of the people I spoke to, even within the special forces, uh, they say, you know, don't look at women in combat as a stepping stone to women in the special forces. It's not like, uh, you know, first get them into combat role. Mm -hmm. baad we'll see about special forces. It's not like that at all. There are people within the system who believe that, forget about regular combat, put women into the special forces. Because they say that uh, in special forces, it's not just about physical strength, mm. which anybody who passes those tests, and they're very difficult tests, right. so you can't wish them away lightly, uh, can pass, including women. And there's no reason to believe why women won't be able to pass those tests. But uh, a large or a, major, a major part of Special Forces operations is survivability, endurance, yeah. mental dexterity, mental toughness. And there's no reason women can't And they, they say in many fight. ways women would probably be better than men in, in those respects. So, I mean, out of the crack team of four who does you know much of the heavy lifting in this book two of them are women hmm. one of them is i you just need to explain that that's where chelsea manning like was there any inspiration from chelsea there was manning? a bit of a bit of an inspiration so there someone yes. who was a man yes becomes a woman that's halfway right. through her role right after basically after entering service i see uh, uh, i i was uh, thinking in terms of uh, both chelsea manning as well as um, uh, a story i'd heard uh, from from a transgender person I'd met uh, in Bombay several years ago. This was in mm -hmm. fact right after 2611, which I which I covered, mm -hmm. and uh, this was a person who was standing in the crowd, right outside um, the Taj, uh, who was standing among that huge crowd of journalists there. Right. And this was this was uh, a trans woman, and we, we we were talking because most of the time when you're standing outside there reporting, you don't know what's going on inside. So what's a trans woman? A trans woman is a man who dresses like a woman. Um, a, a man who dresses like a woman, okay. right? Mm. And uh, 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 and um, this is this was this was um, a person who said uh, was asking me questions about about the forge, saying, you know, would someone like me be able to get into the forge? Really? Would someone like me be able to, uh, you know, try it out? And I had, no, I remember having no answers at all, right? And uh, and I was also, uh, I was I was awkward in terms of, uh, am I saying the right thing in terms of do I really know enough to am answer that question? Am I, am I being offensive? You know, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to feel stupid and stuff, mm. and you know, and uh, give out the wrong information to that person. So, uh, I, but but that really stayed with me, and I, you know, kept thinking about that for a really long time. Uh, and uh, so I wish I was in touch with that person. So, but I, I remember thinking, I, 
I'd love to tell that story and you know find out more. And I, I remember since then I've asked that question many times. Uh, it doesn't even have a root. You know, you, when you ask people in the military about a question like that, hmm. uh, there's there, there are no answers. They, they they had answers which were very very you know, small way more advanced than the answers I gave that person. Hmm. You know, so they, it's so not this even is a space that hasn't really been explored in the military of what... I mean, I think the world is still coming to terms it's, with the many gender, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, identities. Far away, far away. It's, I think Facebook has some 17, 18 now, but... Yeah. Yeah, but I think our forms still have three. Right, right. Or two, most forms just have two. Right. I mean, the other they've just introduced recently. That's right, that's right, yeah. It's so, so that was an interesting touch. I thought it was a progressive and fun touch. Now, one complaint I have. Yes. And this is not Only just... one? <laughs> one major one. Okay. I'll come to the rest later. Yeah. And this is not just with your book. This is with most popular hmm. culture representation. Okay. All your soldiers hmm. or, or, you know, the warriors, hmm. there is, you know, Rana and there's hmm. Vikramaditya Singh hmm. and there is uh, Saraswati, an obvious Brahmin name. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't want to sound like transfixed on caste identity, but I think it's important hmm. how we represent it. Right. I mean, I, I, that is a cliche which I thought someone of your generation, your age group, your right. kind of, would overcome that, you know, like I can understand, you know, one of my uncles used to make jokes that, you know, Daku always has to be Daku Gabbar Singh, hmm. Ya Falad. Faulad, <laughs> Chauhan, Rana, yeah, yeah. or you know, whatever Vikramadit Singh, you cannot have Abai hai, Daku, Gaurav Gupta. Hmm. You know, Gupta ji will, he'll yeah, have the yeah. shop who sells Atta. Right. But that will, I was hoping it goes, you know, like you can have a, 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 I don't know, Amit Malla hmm. as, hmm. as the warrior. Hmm. All your warriors have these Rajput, Rana type names. Hmm. Do you think that is that is a bit is a stereotype we I, should step away from? Yeah, I, my answer to that is uh, a. I totally understand uh, why you think that, and uh, and I would understand anybody thinking that as well. Uh, my uh, the the but there's a reason why I've chosen those names, mm -hmm. which has nothing to do with caste stereotype because I I, I despise caste stereotypes myself, but uh, and. Uh, uh, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, all of the names in this book are actually combinations of names of people uh, I know serving. and are actually serving within the military, within the special forces, across the three services, uh, who've had something to do with this book. Uh, and I wanted so it's to... It's a hat tip to them. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hat tip that nobody can investigate, you know, because they're all kind of mixed names and nobody can really figure out who those people are. Uh, but it's, it's really a kind of... Um, a small way to sort of immortalize in them your, in this book. In your experience of having covered the military and mm. spoken to all these people, is there a um, disproportionately large amount of people of, um, you know, the upper castes or the Kshatriya community that are... Well, in, the, well the, the armed for if we're speaking principally about the army, uh, uh, you've, got, <laughs> you've got the officer class and you've, got, mm -hmm. the, uh, and you've got soldiers. And there's a pretty mixed representation across, of, across them. But of course there are, I mean, you're a forgy kid, so you know it. There are, there are pockets of, uh, you know, much higher representation. There are states like Haryana, states like sure. Maharashtra, sure. Uh, that have a significantly higher representation than certain other places. I think uh, there are many factors that are responsible for that. Mm. Um, 
there are some places which don't really have much representation at all. Uh, but uh, overall, I think um, there are there are discrepancies as far as representation is concerned, uh, especially in the officer class. Of but the is that something Army. you'd like to do in your next book that the protagonist should not be a typical, you know, Singh or a Rana or a Chauhan? You know, the, 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 I mean, I, I, I know I know why that uh, you know sh is probably a concern because um, uh, you popular know, culture the shapes. Popular culture shapes it. I, I, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. The thing is, uh, I've, uh, like I said, I've always despised these stereotypes and uh, compartmentalizations. I didn't, I, 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 there was no impulse in me to send out any kind of political message saying, see, you know, there's this guy also, or this guy also. My, my sole purpose in naming these characters, like I said, was the people I'd spoken to. Okay. But, uh, you know, maybe it's something I could explore going <laughs> forward, but it wasn't a, it wasn't <laughs> my, intention here. Okay. So, uh, the, the second thing is that it's, and I guess, have you written this book keeping in mind it's going to be made into a film? Uh, I've had that. a bit like a screenplay, right? I've had that question asked to me before. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't uh, write it thinking it about it It would make a great film. film, by the way, any producers watching. It would make <laughs> a fantastic movie. Hmm. Because, uh, because, um, I can't lie when I say that I was thinking of it really, really visually. Mm. So in my head, uh, I, I think that's film. probably because of, I'm a, I'm maybe partly because I'm a TV journalist, but I was thinking of it in terms of visually and I was describing it visually in terms, in fact, it, during the editing process, mm. uh, <laughs> there were times when editors would get back to me saying, it's okay, that's, you know, that's, that's a little, I, I got that, you know, this, uh. is, this is very screenplay-esque, so, mm. you know, maybe bring it back down. Yeah, because there were bit. certain parts I could just insert, cut to, close yeah. up of, yeah. you know, exactly. it was almost like that. Yeah, there was, there's, there's one sequence which, uh, which uh, sadly had to be excised from the book, which was, uh, which, which you would probably not like very much and probably mm. criticize, but it was like a lengthy description of, uh, of uh, the sniper round. Okay. And what it did. You've got that in many places, but this was like a, like almost... Even longer. Half, yeah, it was like three quarters of a page <laughs> of a description of the path that a sniper bullet takes to its target. Okay. And uh, it had cuts and right. cut to face, cut to expression, cut, cut to finger okay. and stuff. So, uh, yeah. So, now, keeping that in mind, and it obviously has been written as a thriller, um, another thing is that, you know, just so people know what to expect without giving any spoilers, there are obviously good guys and bad guys. Yeah. There are no greys, like like, mm. like the faith of a politician mm. on a forgy. Um, just it, it's almost an idealistic faith right. because of a you know, and let's face it in politics, koi apna koi hota. you will sacrifice anyone right. at any time. Um, that is another thing that you obviously don't believe. That's how you know, actually, sincere actions are. Actually, I mean, I, I sort of disagree with you. Yes, black, black and white, uh, good and bad, um, very much a part of the book. Hmm. But uh, I think uh, there are some important greys in this. Like, uh, for instance, uh, some of the principal characters do their own thing. That relationship... Yeah, he's a shit dad not, man, like, dude. Is, yeah. Yeah, that, that relationship is based on trust, but it's a trust that's, that's broken multiple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is, there are, uh, uh, there are enemy characters. There are uh, characters on this side which have good and bad. Hmm. Uh, that would totally be giving away a spoiler if I spoke about that. But, right. but uh, uh, I think, I think, 
I've tried to mix that up a little bit in terms of not making it completely explicitly good and bad. Uh, but I think um, uh, I think the the overall effect is of uh, good and bad, and, I, and that and that was deliberate. I was looking for that. I think it's a okay. an emotion that I wanted to touch upon. Right. So also, if any producer looking, it's, it's going to be a big budget film because the kind of toys that Shiv has put in are will take a you know some serious. Special yeah, effects. I don't know too. if that's a good thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure they'll find a way around it. Uh, but now, um, you know, uh, enough for the book. I just want to know your view on the army. Um, you know, because it's it's very topical. It's at a time where Kashmir is. Yeah. Uh, this may sound like a very morbid comment, but um, the Kashmir hmm. has exploded at a very interesting time. Yeah considering when this book has come, because it makes it a lot more topical and that's got to help. But what, what do you make of Kashmir and, and you know, the recent um, uh, Major Gogoi's hmm. um, actions, which have been criticized by some, yeah. not by some. I, I'll tell you my view on yeah. it in, in case you know, you're interested hmm. at all. Uh, even I, I, don't, I don't believe the evidence suggests that the situation on ground was such that he necessitated that could have done that and even if he could to drive hmm. of what i've read the the amount of villages he went once the emergency is over he could have taken the guy off right, he didn't right. so i think his version is not okay it doesn't kind of pass the scrutiny that you know hmm. I, I would put but even if someone were to do that yeah. and i i know for a fact as do you hmm. worse is done hmm. in combat situations yes way worse yeah but you don't legitimize that by saying that this is right. Mm, mm. Either you say, either you deny that happened, yeah. or you say, we're sorry, it's an isolated case, it will never happen again. Mm. To celebrate that and almost make it like an SOP, mm. while saying this is not SOP, but it's okay. Mm. That's my position, sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, what yeah. do you make of it? Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, I think it shocked everybody initially when they first saw it. Uh, my initial reaction to that was, uh, in the army will definitely get to the bottom of it. I don't think anybody expected the many things that would happen later, the press conference, the commendation, etc. Now, I, since the incident happened, I've had a chance to look at many of the things, uh, the decisions that have been taken by the army. Uh, and uh, what, you know, whether you agree or disagree with what the army has done, especially the, what the army chief has done, I think it's provided a great deal of clarity to his men on the ground about what's okay and what's not in a situation like that. Now, I have no way of, um, I have no, not even journalistic way of knowing beyond the evidence that's already available uh, of what the compulsions were for that particular officer. But I have no reason to believe that he had a dangerous situation on his hands. Uh, it was a dynamic situation that would have affected the people among him. And this is not a stock answer. This is, I mean, I've seen sure. this kind of situation uh, before. And he took a decision that was, um, uh, that was uh, necessary uh, in the in the larger interests of the people under his charge, election commission officials, etc. Now, uh, I'm very clear that this can't be standard operating procedure, and I think you 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 ha you make a point when you say that you're saying it's not standard oper operating procedure, and yet there's there's like this endorsement. Now, I think the morale of uh, soldiers, the morale of forces at a at a time, you know, since the killing of Burhan Wani, there's been a it's been a terribly turbulent situation in, in Kashmir. It's been getting from bad to worse. The army's been trying to contain it and control it. Uh, I think, um, I, I agree with the army chief when he says that, uh, you know, if you pick up a weapon, you know, ex you should expect a bullet. If, you, if, if, if you're going to come at us, 
then don't expect to get away without uh, you know a, a retaliation of any kind uh, it's a it's a it's a situation that the army is also trying to uh, understand because it's it hasn't been like this for a long time and suddenly it's become why do you think it's become big, like this uh, big again I, I don't know I mean I think I think politically politically there's there's um, hasn't been an even hand there hasn't been a decisive hand against uh, uh, the Hurriyat in fact right now in the media there have been lots of exposés on the Hurriyat as well uh, who are one small part of it there are others as well uh, I think uh, political will is a is a far loftier ideal than we make it out to be you know we talk about political will both at the center and in states but uh, as far as kashmir is concerned and in a larger context as far as pakistan is concerned it requires a greater sense of uh, decisiveness okay. examples haven't been set just yet as far as the people who continue to stir tensions in kashmir hopefully that will happen now okay uh, you have covered conflict in libya sri lanka kashmir um, what is unique about kashmir you find that it's it seems almost unsolvable uh well um yeah it, it's not not comparable with most conflicts i've covered but uh, in kashmir i, I recently uh, uh, wrote a piece where where the title if i remember correctly was kashmir is not going to be solved in your lifetime or mine mm. and these are the reasons why and uh, I, I i mean i look at it very uh, unemotionally even though i've visited kashmir and covered what's happened I, i don't think i've been to kashmir on a personal visit like once out of maybe like 70 times that i've mm. visited over the last many years and uh, uh i have seen way too much incentive across the board for contractors for the military certainly for the politicians and the the the, the you know the satellite groups like the huriyat for pakistan obviously for companies for suppliers uh the incentive to so keep an, the kashmir issue alive is there's an ecosystem that is benefiting from this so they yeah, will not let it die it's existential i mean it's without this conflict uh, so many uh, agencies would be out of jobs uh, dead without money without their profits without uh, without identity like you said huh. you know without their identity so it's too it's too lucrative it's too valuable to you know solve with political will i think that's i think that's part of the issue okay two more two more questions a quick ones one is um journalism you you see us going through it's a you know dynamic you know journalistic uh, era we're all going through uh good bad ugly what, what do you make of it right now mm-hmm. oh okay um i think uh, there's still some good left it's getting more difficult to see the good i think mm. uh in journalism in general but uh You're saying it as a news consumer, as a news professional. Uh, both actually, and uh, uh, there's there's a, a great deal of uh, heat in television that's uh, influential. There's a uh, I think I, I see other media, you know, trying to sort of harness that anger and mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, I, I don't think anybody has seen this much emotion in news. Sure. uh and and i can tell you that i i speak uh, i just anchored a show before i came here and there was a lot of emotion in it much of it coming from me as well so mm-hmm. it's it's not like i'm you know pointing fingers at anybody i bring i i br- i find myself bringing a lot of emotion to news as well which is um which is uh, you know maybe not a very happy development as far as journalism is concerned well, it could be if the emotion was empathy no sh- certainly but that doesn't absolutely. sell as much as anger does absolutely that's uh, i th- i think uh, anger sells more uh, uh, also anger is easier it's an sure. it's, it's it's a more impulsive emotion yeah. uh, and uh, i think i think there is some empathy there are pockets of empathy uh, in the media 
um, there's um, I, I, you you've you've worked with news track, so you mm. you've seen the the birth of news television sure. in the country. Yeah. And you've seen everything that's happened since. So you probably have a more zoomed out sort of mm. look at how things have really changed. So I can imagine what you probably feel. I mean, Newstrack is something that we looked up to so much growing up. Mm. I remember borrowing those video cassettes and stuff. Mm. So I, I, I wonder if there's even a way to compare what yeah, I think that was like. Thing, I mean, yeah, I mean, were, but I think there's a lot of good even today. Uh, there are different things you can do today yeah. that you couldn't then. Technology, I think, changes Absolutely. a lot of things. Oh, I think absolutely. that has made... But no, uh, I think even the, even angry journalism, I think has has its uh, has its has place uses. and has its uses. I think uh, there is a doggedness about uh, you know many uh, many journalists and and, uh, and uh, channels and newspapers that uh, that is required. I mean, you could argue about where it's being used and how it's being used and what the motivations are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, I think that doggedness certainly serves a purpose if it could be employed for more public interest issues, bigger issues, sure. uh, you know, uh, I think that one, anger is one, useful. One journalist doing it, uh, I think it's called, um, it's a Times of India channel, I think something now, um, uh, but anyway, so, and do and you have any favorite uh, journalists, some, any favorite news sources that you turn to? Um, uh, you mean in terms of TV? TV, print, like as a journalist or as a news consumer, do you have a preferred news platform that you turn to or a journalist who you must read? What they say you have any... I question? try and read as much as I can. I don't really have any uh, favorites because uh, as opposed to what a lot of people think of me, I... Uh, I what do people I think believe I, I believe I don't know very enough about the political system or or, or the pol politicians to have a political leaning. So mm -hmm. I I tend to get abused or cornered from... Most sides, which I think is a good thing. Mm. So uh, I, I I have a bit of an innocent approach as far as leanings are concerned. So I try and consume as much as I possibly can. I don't have, uh, I, uh, I don't think there's anybody I agree with completely or disagree with completely. Mm. Uh, I I'm usually suspicious of uh, journalists or uh, or anyone who c claims to have a full solution or a, or the end of a story already right. in their minds. Uh, uh, I'm suspicious of people who say, here's how the Kashmir issue can be solved. Mm -hmm. Get these guys out. I'm suspicious of anyone who offers like a full solution right at the start. Anything absolute. I'm, I'm not, and that's probably because I'm not. I'm not absolute in terms of some. There are certain things in which I have absolute views on, but uh, as far as this is concerned, no. Okay, so thanks for making the time. Um, are you working on another book after this? Uh, I am working on another book uh, right now. It's uh, non-fiction. And then once that's done, uh, maybe a sequel to Operation Jinnah. All right. So in case you are in that space of the military thrillers, um, I don't usually read military thrillers, but I did read this in one weekend. Uh, and it is, uh, it won't bore you. It's very exciting. Uh, even though some of the detailing of the weapons description <laughs> was, was, I said, okay, Through you. let's get out of the scene. <laughs> But congratulations on your book and good luck with the journalism. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you, Vinod. Thank you. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.